this one week, we've got some special things planned. We package things so we can drive home a message. And you don't want to miss one week as we look at sexual revolution, God's take on sex. As you see this stage and this bed on, on the stage, when, when you look at this, this bed, a lot, of, a lot of things come to your mind. For, for some of you, when you look at this bed, you think about your marriage and you think about intimacy. You think about a place that you and your spouse hang out, you talk, you connect, you make love together, and it's a place of intimacy for you. There are some of you, when you think about this bed, it's, it's a place of tension. It's a place of strife because in your marriage relationship, there's a wall that's up, and the intimacy is it's not like you wanted, or maybe there's a lack of intimacy, a lack of lovemaking. And, and you look at this bed and you think about the tension and the strife in your marriage. For some of you, when you look at this bed, you, you think about loneliness because you're single. And, and maybe you're thinking you've been single a long time. And you're thinking, when will somebody ever occupy the other side of this bed? When will I ever get married? When will God ever, will he ever bring the right person into my life? For, for some of you, when you look at this bed, you, you begin to think about times of regret. And you've, you've fooled around, around with the wrong person. You've, you've had sex with whomever, whenever, wherever. And in your life, this bed just represents shame and guilt, condemnation, and the mistakes that you've made. For some of you, when, when you look at this bed, what's going through your mind right now is, I can't believe they got that bed in church on the stage. Well, the Lord bless you too. We're glad that you're here. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I just want to be real with you. We got to talk about sex in church. The world, the media, the internet, the entertainers, the movie stars, they're talking about sex all the time. And the church has to address the subject of sex. We, we, we've got to deal with it. We've got to look at what God has to say about sex. Matter of fact, I have a deep conviction. Here's my conviction. I believe the second best place in the entire universe to hear about the subject of sex is in church. I believe the first best place is in the home. Parents, you've got to talk to your kids about sex. Well, when they get to the appropriate age, you don't need the internet teaching them. You don't need movie stars. You don't need music. You don't need culture. You need to teach your kids about sex and what God says about sex. And don't fool yourself into thinking, well, we're just not going to bring that up in the home. I, I, I just don't want them to know about it. Oh, they're going to know about it. And they ought to hear about it from, from you rather than from the media outlets. And friends, the second best place to hear about sex is right here in the church, that we can get a biblical perspective on this subject. And, and, and friends, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Many people have a jacked up, whacked up, messed up view of this thing called sex. Because most of you are like me. Most of you, not all, but most, you grew up in a home like I did where sex was a top secret subject. It was never discussed. I didn't know how I got to this planet. Amen. It, it was just never brought up in our home. It was top 
secret. And, and so it was never talked about. And then, and then the church, and, and, and I went to church some as, as a kid growing up, and, 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 and the church, uh, unfortunately, has not done a, a wonderful job talking about this subject. And, and I'm not a church basher. I, I love the church, but, but for the most part, the church hasn't done a very good job about sex. And, and here's what the church has said about sex. Don't do it. It's evil. It's nasty. It's bad. You control those desires. Take a cold shower. You're going to go to hell. And, and that's been the church's perspective on sex. And, and then the world says the exact opposite. So many homes, they don't talk about it. The church, church says, don't you do it. And then, and then the culture, the world says, just do it. All the time. Do it with whomever, whenever, however, wherever, just do it. And so th th there's all of these different folks saying different things. They're not saying anything at all. And so there are a lot of people who have messed up thinking when it comes to sex. And what I want to do today in this talk is I want to just lay a foundation of what does God say about sex. And here's the first thing that, that I want you to know about sex is that sex is God's idea. God created sex. Some of you thought maybe sex came from the world, it's bad, it's evil. No, no, no. God created the gift of sex. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. And some of you have a messed up view of this. You think God created Adam and Eve and, and he put them in, in the garden. And, and one day God just all of a sudden looked down and, and he saw Adam and Eve in the garden behind a bush. Oh, my God. Okay, he is God. So he would have said, oh, my God, what are y'all doing behind that bush? Th that's not how it happened, folks. God knew. God created the gift of sex. He created the gift of lovemaking. The scripture says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27 through 28. It said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says this, God blessed them. I, I, I like that. God blessed them. You say, Herbert, how did God bless them? Well, notice this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. In other words, have a lot of babies. How many know what that's talking about? Do I need to go a little deeper for you? <laughs> Be intimate. Have a bunch of kids. I mean, right here we see God says, man, I want to bless you. There's this gift between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. He says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I want you to see that sex is a good thing because sex is a God thing. God, this is God's idea. God actually gave humanity the gift of sex before the fall. There are some people that have this distorted view of, well, sex came about because of the fall of man. No, no, before Adam and Eve ever sinned in, Gen in Genesis 2 and in, 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 in chapter 3, God had already given them this wonderful gift of sex. It, it, it's a God thing. But here's the deal. Sex is a God-given gift that's so often used in God-forbidden ways. And my goal is for us to take this God-given gift and to use it in a God-given way which is in marriage, a life commitment. God created sex as a life-uniting act and a life-uniting covenant. I want you to hear me. Sex is not bad. It's not evil. It's not dirty. Sex is an awesome gift. All the married couples say, uh-huh. 
Okay, if you didn't, we'll get you some counseling. Amen. We'll get you some help. But it's an awesome gift. But it must be used in a God-given way. And that's between one man and one woman in holy matrimony. It's a wonderful thing. And and let me say something. Here's what I want to drive home today. If you want it, put a ring on it. Brothers, man up! If you want it, you want to honor God, put a ring on it. I knew it would be quiet up here in here today. Amen. I knew it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We digging today. Let's go back to the book of Genesis, back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 24, what I want to read to you is some of the account. This is actually day 6 of when God was creating, creating. God created the heavens and the earth and all that's in it. And so here we see day six of what God was creating. And the Bible says, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals. God created wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so, verse 25, God made the wild animals. He made the wild animals according to their kinds. The livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Now, now in these verses, we see that God was creating animals. And I want you to know that God does not group animals and human beings together. It does not say God created the animals and human beings because they're the same. They're one and the same. And he created all the moving creatures along the ground. But that's not what the Bible says because, listen, understand something. God didn't create human beings along, along with the animals because we're not animals. Just turn to your neighbor. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not an animal. That's right. You're not an animal. And I know for some of you that is shocking news for you. That that is revolutionary for you. You are not an animal. Human beings are not animals. We're we're, we're humans. As a matter of fact, we weren't created to be like animals. Listen, we were created in the image of God. Let's continue to read the very next verse. Genesis 1 verse 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image and the likeness in, in our likeness, I want you to notice that, that animals weren't made in God's likeness. They're animals. But, but human beings were made in the image of God. Animals have bodies. We are body, soul, and spirit. We are not animals. He goes on to say, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Matter of fact, We are not animals, and it's very obvious that God knew we weren't animals because God said, listen, these are human beings. They're made in our image. I want them to rule. I want them to have authority. Matter of fact, they're going to have authority over the animals. They're going to have authority over the creatures. They're going to have authority over the earth because they're not animals. They are human beings. It goes on to say, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. We are not animals animals. We don't have to have sex with whomever, whenever, however, and wherever. We are not animals. We are not a bunch of dogs. We're not. Three weeks ago, I was driving in my vehicle, just right, right around three, three weeks ago. It was in the morning time, and this is a true story, and, and, and right when this happened, I knew this series was coming up, and I'm saying, I'm going to share this with the church. I can't believe this is happening. 
And I, I was driving my son to school. I, I drive him to school in the morning. And I was looking out the window. So I was in the, in, in the driver's side. Kel was in the back seat in the passenger side. And I was looking over, driving past one of the neighbor's house. And there were two dogs almost by the street. And the black dog was on top of the white dog. I won't give any more than that. Hey, Amen. If, if you, you, and I thought, oh, I hope Kel does not see this. The boy's just six. So he's not ready for the talk on the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. And, and next thing I know, Kel looks over. And Kel says, Daddy, look, the black dog's on top of the white dog. And I said, hey, Kel, hey, man, are you ready for school, man? What are you going to do at school today? Oh, I changed the subject. Uh-uh, we ain't talking about the black dog on top of the white dog at six. I mean, true, true. And I, I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping. Man, I hope Kel does not bring this back up to me. And you know what I thought in my mind? Why couldn't them dogs be in the backyard doing that? Why don't y'all get in the doggy house? Get behind a tree and do that stuff. Don't be in the front yard at 7.30 in the morning. I'm trying to get my boy to school. He's six. They're dogs. They do it wherever, whenever, however. They're dogs. We are not dogs. And can I tell you, though, the world tells you and I that we're dogs. The, the world drives it down. As the world says, you can't control yourself. You got those urges. You got those desires. You just got to do it, man. I mean, you, 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 you cannot control yourself. You're a dog. You do it with whomever, whenever, wherever, however. You just do it. You can't control yourself. When I was in college, my, I'm two years older than Tiffany. And when I was a senior in college, he was actually a freshman. And we were dating one another. And I remember Tiffany telling me this when I was in college. And once again, very, very true story. And she was a, a pretty girl. I'm biased. Amen. And some of the football players kind of like Tiffany and true she would come out the cafeteria and there would be three football players and when Tiffany would walk out the cafeteria they would bark at her they would bark at my girlfriend Homies, you're not a dog. Who let the dogs out? Listen, that's what our culture drives down your throat. You're a dog. You gotta act like a dog. You're in heat like a dog. You can't control yourself. And so many of us in this place got messed up thinking, got jacked up thinking, because the world is driving it down your throat that you're a dog. And you can't control yourself. And friends, so let's, let's look at God's word. It's tight, but it's right today. Amen. Y'all going to quit barking now. Uh-huh. In the mouth. I'm like, rrr, rrr, quit that. You got no dog. Romans chapter 12. Look with me in verse number one and two. The Bible says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Wow. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've been born again, if you've been regenerated, if you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away your sins in view of God's mercy. 
offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Now, if you're not a follower of Christ today, man, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're on this journey of trying to find answers and solutions about God and how to connect with him and how to, how to have a relationship with him. And, and it's my prayer that today or in the very near future that you would cross that line and give your heart to Christ. And I'm glad you're here, man. Keep coming. Keep plugging in. Keep checking out this thing called Christianity and the claims of Christ. But for those of you that are followers of Christ, you're, you're a Christian, the Bible says, listen, in view of God's mercy, can I tell you that God's been good to you? He's washed away your sin. He's been so merciful. He's been so gracious. And in view of all that God has done for us, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, as holy holy and pleasing to God. The Bible says, listen, don't trample on the mercy of God. Don't say, well, God's merciful. God's gracious. I'll just live like I want. No. No, that, that's not the mentality of a follower of Christ. God, you've been good. You've been gracious. You've been merciful. So I offer my body as a living sacrifice. I want to be holy. I want my body to be pleasing to you. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Can I tell you what happens? There's so many people, some of you in this place, you have conformed to the pattern of this world. You've been squeezed into the pattern of this world. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We got to get our thinking changed. Some of you messed up thinking. You bought into what the world says. You're an animal. You're a dog. You got to do it with whomever, wherever. You got to get your thinking changed. Some of us in this place got stinking thinking. And, and it's messing you up. You, the Bible says you got to get your mind renewed. Hear me today. When you become a follower of Christ, when you give your heart to God, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, but you still got your same mind. And that's why some people, they're born again, they're, they're saved, and, and, and their sins have been washed away. They're a Christian, and yet they're living together with somebody. They're having sex outside of marriage with somebody because they're, they're, they, they, they got saved, but their mind has still got stinking thinking. And the Bible says, listen, 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 listen. You got to get your mind renewed. You got you to get your thinking changed. And when your thinking changed, get cha gets, gets changed. When, when your mind gets renewed to the word of God, the Bible says, then, notice that, then, not until then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Oh, pastor, I want the will of God. I want God's best for my, for my life. Well, the Bible says if you want God's best, you want his good, perfect, and pleasing will, you got to get your mind transformed to the word of God. And when your mind gets transformed, let me tell you something, then you'll experience the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God. Friends, right thinking leads to right living. I'm going to say that again. Right thinking leads to right living. And right living leads to God's blessings. And some of you today, you need your mind renewed when it comes to the area of sex. Some of you have conformed. You have been squeezed into the pattern of this world. And you know, some of you, here's what you're thinking right now, because you have bought into what the world says. You're thinking, oh, pastor, you're just old-fashioned. Just old-fashioned thinking. I mean, come on, pastor. It's the 21st century. I mean, it's a new decade. It's 2010. I mean, you're just old-fashioned. Pastor, it's okay to live together. Everybody I know, they lived together before for marriage. I mean, it's not a big deal. Come on, Pastor. I mean, you're back in the 70s or something. You're back in the 80s. You got to get with it. I mean, that's you're old school. Everybody's living together. I mean, Pastor, it's okay. 
to have sex before you get married. I mean, come on, pastor. You know you got to test drive the car before you buy it. You, pastor, come on now. You've you, you got, you got to get with it. I mean, pastor, you know, I'm just sowing my wild oats. I mean, every teenager, every person in their 20s just needs to sow their wild oats. Just have a little fun. I mean, I'm just, just having fun. I mean, when, when I get older, when I'm mature, then, then I'll, I'll change. And, and so many people have bought into this thinking, and they don't even realize it, but they've been conformed into the pattern of this world. And some of you here, that's you. you. You have been conformed. You have been squeezed into the pattern of this world. And today, you need your mind to get renewed so that you can experience God's perfect and pleasing will, his good will for your life. You need your mind to get renewed so that you can experience God's abundant life that he has for you that you can experience God's best. Can I tell you, some of you are living beneath the benefits and privileges and blessings that God has for your life. You're living together. You're having sex outside of marriage. You're not being honorable with your body. And you're missing out on God's best. You're missing out on God's perfect will for your life. You say, Pastor, how can I renew my mind? I want to give you four simple points here. How to get your mind renewed. How to get your stinking thinking changed. How, how, how to get your mind, instead of being conformed to the image of this world, getting conformed to the, to, to, to the standards of God and to his word. Number one is this. Be involved in a Bible teaching church. Be involved in a Bible teaching church. I cannot overemphasize the importance of what we do here on Sundays. Of gathering together as a group of believers, of a group, as a group of people. Worshiping and hearing the teaching of scriptures is so important to getting our mind renewed. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And this is talking about corporate worship. You know, hey, I can do this on my own. Oh, I can be a Christian and serve God on my own. Listen, you're going to have a difficult, difficult, very difficult, almost impossible task of living a holy life all by yourself. God designed you and created you for a church family. And he says, listen, as some are in the habit of doing, can I tell you, it's easy to get out of the habit of church. And it break, as your pastor, I want you to know, it breaks my heart when I see people drift away from the house of God. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. It happens so subtly. It, 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 it can be so deceptive and it happens so easily. People get out of church and what happens is they start getting conformed. They start getting squeezed into the pattern of this world. They start getting stinking thinking. They start disobeying God's word and justifying it. But the Bible says, let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We all need encouragement. I mean, that's why we need to be in God's house and worship. I mean, we need people so that our minds can get renewed. We need people to spur us on so you can make it. You can do this. We need to hear teaching from God's word. When culture and, and media and television all week long is cramming down your throat the ways of this world, you need to hear the word of God where it's being declared. You can live holy. You can honor God. You don't have to be squeezed into the pattern of this world. We all need scriptural encouragement. We need the house of God. It's important for our minds to be renewed. Number two is this. Number two. Read the Bible and pray daily. So simple, but yet many don't put it to practice. How do I get my mind renewed? Read the Bible and pray daily. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. Can I tell you the Holy Scriptures? The Word of God, the infallible anointed Word of God, it's alive. It's, it's powerful. 
It brings change to our thinking and to our hearts. And the Bible says it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Now, check this out. The Word of God, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God's a mirror. You start reading the Word of God on a daily basis, it exposes your thoughts. It exposes your desires. And the next thing you know, you're thinking, well, we're just going to fool around. We're going to go a little further. We're going to sleep together. We're going to move in together. And you start reading God's Word. You'll say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not right. God will expose it. That's not good thinking. You're not going to have my best. You're not going to walk under my blessings. It exposes our innermost thoughts and, and, and our desires. The Word of God. So key that you're in God's Word on a daily basis prayer. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray all the time. One translation says, pray without ceasing. Talk to God. Quiet yourself. Let him talk to you. Get your thinking changed. Number three, number three is this. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. Number three, hang around the right people. Hang around the right people. First, First Thessalonians, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Every time. Bad company corrupts good character. And some of you, you're being squeezed into the pattern of this world because you're hanging out with the wrong people. And they're influencing you in the negative way. You're hanging out with the wrong people. Oh, well, you know. Come on, brother, let's, let's get to the club. Come on, man, it's the weekend. Let's get to the club and get our dance on. Roof, 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 roof. You hang around the wrong people, man. Wrong people. You ain't been influenced by the wrong people. Girl, you know he looks good. Mm. Ooh, he's got a good job, too. You better do whatever you got to do to keep him. You hang around the wrong people. You hang around the wrong, they are conforming you into the pattern of this world. You got to get around the right people that can influence you towards God, influence you towards purity, influence you towards what the best that God has for your life. Can I tell you that's why we have our community group ministry? And you got to get plugged in with people who love God, who can encourage you. That's why we have our Wednesday night connection. You got to be here. If you're not in a small group, be here this Wednesday night. You need it. I need it. You need some people that you can gather around and study God's word, be encouraged, hold you accountable, help you change your thinking. This Wednesday night, make the commitment to be here. It's so important, parents, that you have your kids in in kids' church. Have them here on Wednesday night. Have your teenager in youth service going on right now. Our our, our junior high is going on right now. It'll be going on at 12 o'clock. Have them here on Wednesday night. Don't It's not optional, man. Listen, they're getting enough peer pressure from the world. Have sex. Do it. You need some positive peer pressure for your kids that they're being around people who love God, who are positive influence. They're seeing seeing other kids that love the Lord Jesus. Your kids need that. It's so important that we get around the right people. Number four is this. Number four. Realign your life with God's word. Realign your life with God's word. Word Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2 says, do not conform any longer. That's a word for somebody here today. You've been justifying it. You're living together. You're you're having sex outside of marriage. You're, You're committing adultery. And you're hearing the truth of God's word today. And the Bible says don't conform any longer. Stop it. You're hearing God's truth. Realign your life with God's word. 
do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Pastor, what is God's will? His will is good and pleasing and it's a perfect will for your life. Let me say something to you today because some of you think that, you know, God's a killjoy. And well, when God says renew your mind, when God says change your thinking, and when God says stop having sex outside of marriage, when, when God says that he's just trying to stop me from having fun, he's just trying to stop me from fulfilling those urges, no, no, no. What God wants for you is good. He wants you to experience his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for your life. When God says, no, no, stop, don't do that, don't go that route, don't be conformed, don't be squeezed into the pattern of this world, what God has in mind for you is his abundant life. God has in mind for you is his best for your life. When God says things like 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20, when he says flee from sexual immorality, sexual immorality is simply any type of sex outside of the marriage covenant between one man and one woman in holy matrimony. Any other sex is sexual immorality. And the Bible says flee, flee from sexual immorality. All of the sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God. Honor God with your body. God says, honor me with your body. Why? So that you can experience my good, my pleasing, and my perfect will. Honor me with your body. Do the right thing with your body so that you can experience my abundant life. Let me say something to you today. This fireplace that's on the stage, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a cool thing if you can have it in home or apartment. And, you know, when it's cold outside, turn on the fireplace, it'll warm you up. Uh, just keep you warm. It's just nice to have. And you know what else? It's a marriage bed. It's supposed to be like a fireplace. It's supposed to be hot. Sizzle. Uh, it's a good thing. Your marriage bed, you can make s'mores. Amen. Thank you. Hot sizzle. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing between one man and one woman in holy matrimony. But you know the thing about a fire is even just a little fire. If a little fire gets outside the fireplace, it can be dangerous. Because a little fire, the fire is made for the fireplace. And if a little fire gets out of the fireplace, it could burn a whole house down. We've seen before on the news that one cigarette, one thrown on dry grass has burned down hundreds and thousands of acres. This fire is meant to be controlled. Fire is meant for the, for the fireplace. And friends, can I tell you when God gave us sex, it's a wonderful gift, but it's meant for the marriage bed. And when the gift of sex get out, gets outside the marriage bed, it's a fire. It's dangerous. So you have STDs, gonorrhea, syphilis, AIDS. It's a fire. God had intended to be used that way. Ladies have unwanted pregnancies. The guy's not even with you any longer. He's thinking, oh, no, we didn't want no baby. Oh, no, you got to have an abortion. Now you got two sins on your hands. You have sex outside of marriage. You got pregnant. Now he wants an abortion. You got pregnant. Fire, fire. Then there's the shame. 
And there's the guilt. And there's the condemnation. Oh, there's a thrill. But when it's over, there's guilt. There's shame. So what am I doing? I've been there before I gave my life to Christ. When I was in high school, I engaged in sex before marriage. And I know the shame. And I know the guilt. And I know the pain. I want to encourage you. Make the choice today. Stop living together. Stop engaging in sex outside of marriage. You can do it. You are not a dog or an animal. And God wants you to experience his good, his perfect, and his pleasing will for your life. If you want it, put a ring on it. Father, I bless you today. I honor you today. Thank you for your word.